Hey everybody, welcome to episode 36, 36. of Lunch with PB&J. We're glad you're with us today, watching, listening, whatever medium that you choose to use to have lunch with us, we're glad you're doing it. Um, I'm always curious how many people actually watch this at lunchtime. Because <laughs> we don't do this at lunchtime, don't, don't tell anybody. We don't do it at lunchtime <laughs> unless you eat lunch at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Um, maybe it's the early bird. We could call it early bird special with PBMJ. <laughs> I know he, he had a lot of more hope. He had a lot of hopes for had this I, whole lunch thing. I had, he really wanted to eat a lot of food. I was going to eat while we ate or while we talked, but Joy was just <laughs> said, absolutely not. She would not go along with that. So she just, on our first date, she wouldn't even eat in front of me. Well, no. <laughs> Probably I'm like, well, you didn't eat much on our first no, date. No, there wasn't much eating. Second date, you ate a little more. Third date, you wouldn't eat again. <laughs> I had a big old steak, I think. He doesn't have that problem with me anymore. Just salad. <laughs> yeah. She eats now in front of me, let me tell you. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, lunch with PB&J. That's yes, what you're... That's that was what, what we were that's doing. That's what we're doing. That's I was trying to figure out how we got to food that fast. Um, so we're continuing the parables. Today is a very well-known parable. Mm-hmm. It is the parable of... the. The Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. Yeah. Uh, and it's in Luke chapter 10 is where you can find it. Um, to give you a little, I'll give you a little context, a little background, um, just in case you don't already know this. Mm-hmm. If, if you're um, unfamiliar with the Samaritans, the Samaritans were people from Samaria, um, which was this region there. And the people of Samaria were, I'm going to do the shallow dive. I'm not going to do the deep dive. I'm just going to do the shallow like the kiddie pool version of it. Um, but they were a mixed race of people. So it was Israelites that had married with foreigners um, that were pagans, served other gods, that kind of thing. And they created this. So Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles come together, marry, have babies. And they became, they moved to this region uh, and it was known as Samaria. There's a much longer history around it, but it literally goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before this point in the story. And they were, the Samaritans were not accepted by the Jews. I think it actually, I did write it down. It goes back to the 16th century BC. All right. So before Jesus time, it goes all the way back to there. And since that time, the Samaritans had not been uh, accepted by the Jews because of this mixture. The Samaritans did, if you ask them who they worshiped, the God that they worshiped, they would say that they worshiped Yahweh, mm-hmm. There's the uh, which is the God of Israel. Um, there was a story where Jesus talked to a Samaritan woman. She talks about where they worship mm-hmm. because the Jews wouldn't allow them to worship in the temple in Jerusalem. So they built their own temple on another mountain and that's where they went to worship. Um, but then there was just, They'd gotten lost along the way, which is what's representative of them marrying foreigners because they weren't supposed to do that. Um, And so they actually, they did use, um, it's interesting, the commentary said they used a version of the Pentateuch, which is the first Mm -hmm. five books of the Bible. So it was not the same. It was kind of like they they changed the parts Mm -hmm. that needed to change so that they could do what they wanted to do, which I thought was super interesting. That is, yeah. And that'll preach all on its own, but we're not going to get into (laughs) that uh, today. 
And so they were very much hated by the Jewish people. The Samaritans were hated by the Jewish people for ethnic reasons and for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. And that feeling was absolutely mm -hmm. mutual on both sides. To the point of they didn't even talk to each other, They right? wouldn't talk to each other. This was the big um, debacle when Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman is most Jews wouldn't even walk through Samaria to go from one location to another. They would often travel around. Um, There's an, another path, another road that they could take that would go around. It added a couple days journey, yeah. but they would do that just so that they wouldn't have to go through Samaria. Mm -hmm. That's how much of a dislike mm -hmm. there was between all of these people. So that sets up the story. For the Good Samaritan, you just kind of got to know how much the Jews and the Samaritans right. don't like each other so that you can get the emphasis of the story here. So you could call them enemies. You could call them enemies. That would be a very good word for it. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I got okay. to set it up. You good? Mm -hmm. Let's go. <laughs> verse. So it's Luke 10. We're starting at verse 25. Yeah. So we'll lead into, we'll lead into why Jesus told this parable. So says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. So there's your first problem right there, all right? He wants to test Jesus. So he stood up to ask to test Jesus a question, or by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Which is always interesting as you read through. Mm -hmm. Jesus often answered a question with a question. And because he was just really trying to get people, I have found in my own experience, if you get people talking long enough, they'll talk themselves out of whatever <laughs> pit they're in. So uh, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told this man, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And then that will lead into the parable, but let's just talk about yeah. this guy for a second. Yeah, so I was in preparation from this, I was like telling Ben, I'm like, I couldn't get past this introduction. Like, I couldn't get past what started this parable. Um, you know, I've, I've heard this parable before, and it was familiar to me, but I had never really... Just what, what caused this interaction to begin with and this um, this expert standing up and just the idea that he's testing Jesus and then he wants to justify his actions. Like, I just couldn't get past this part. It was so interesting to me. Um, but just looking at, okay, first of all, I was like, what's an expert of the law? Like, how is that mm -hmm. different from a Pharisee? And just the idea of it, uh, the only difference there is it would be like, so an expert of the law could also be called a scribe, if you've heard that in the Bible. And it's just basically a scribe was somebody that knew the law of Moses so well, and they scribed, they wrote it down. Yeah, that's where that word comes from. So it was just um, they knew the law. They would do like documents and like marriage license and <laughs> divorce stuff. And so they would be like a religious lawyer, okay. so to speak. Mm -hmm. And they also wrote the law of Moses. So if it was going to be copied, that would be a scribe. Okay. Um, so I just found that interesting because, you know, if anybody was going to know what does this Bible say. That's why he could fire it off. Yeah, off yeah. It was going to be a scribe. So I just found that interesting. Um, but that first, you know, he stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Um, you know, right off the bat, just that word testing. He's not, 
because you get this visual of he stood up. So Jesus is teaching, and then he stood up and asked this question. So you don't, you know, I always think about people following Jesus and listening mm-hmm. because he's teaching them something. Yeah. There he's got disciples, you know, with him. He has students with him. But you just see right here, this guy's in the crowd. He stands up and gets his attention, and he asks this question to test Jesus. So right off the bat, you just see his heart is like, I don't know. It's just, it's he's not there to learn from Jesus. It's a bit of a know-it-all. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he thinks he is, right? Because yeah. even that word, expert of the law. Yeah. And Ben's kind of had this joke lately where, you know, today in our society, what do we hear? There's a lot of experts in everything. Everybody's an expert. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. But he's going to he's about to find out who the expert really is yeah. in the law. Um, so that stood out to me. But so as you go on in, in, in that part where it says the man wanted to justify his actions. Like, I just, I just, it just stops me in my tracks because... It's this thing where how many times have we, you know, prayed to God or had interaction with, with God and we just really try to justify what what we think is right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're doing when you justify. You're just like, right. hey, Jesus, like, I know I'm right in this. And so, you know, and Ben's got this saying where he talks about if you try to justify your actions, it's usually because you're wrong. You already know you're wrong. Yeah. And so you just, you just feel from this guy. Because I find it interesting in this interaction where, you know, he says, uh, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you understand what it says? And then he says it, and Jesus tells him, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, he says, if you do this, you'll live. So what I think is so interesting is Jesus is telling him, yes, love love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he's telling him he's right. And then the man goes further to try to justify. So to me, it's like this conscience thing where the man is dealing with an uneasy conscience. Well, and you could even, I mean, I guess you could even make the leap of he knew what was right, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't necessarily doing what was right. Right, right. And so you try to justify. And I just, you know, in in looking at that, we ask God a lot of times, hey, God, what's my, what are my obligations here? You know, it, um... I think about Peter. I think, remember remember the story of Peter when he comes and he tells Jesus, you know, when somebody wrongs me, how many times do I have to right. forgive? Yeah. And, What's the bare minimum I have to do? And then he goes, heaven? seven times? You know, like yeah. that's going to be, yeah. is that yeah. good? That's good, right? Seven. One for every day yeah. of the week, you know? Yeah. And what does Jesus say? No, 70 times 70. And it's not about the number. Jesus is like, no, limitless. Yeah. You know? And so what I find as we start this parable, what I find is so interesting is this man this expert has a standard of what he thinks is righteous Mm -hmm. and as we see in his conscience because he's trying to justify it um jesus always brings this out of people but we're going to see what jesus standard is right right and so um as we set up for this like keep that in mind of stop Stop in yourself trying to justify because you're living by your own standards. Mm-hmm. And let's look and see what Jesus' standards are. Because Jesus always made people more uncomfortable or, or he took them further than they wanted to go. Yeah. That's what he does. And yeah. that's what, you know, that's what we want him to do. Mm-hmm. But in every situation, whether it was forgiveness or whether it was, you know, no, I tell you, love your enemies. Um, 
whatever it is, he his standards are his standards are what we should be living by. Mm-hmm. So that conversation just kind of stopped me, and I got a lot out of the parable, but I knew the parable already. Yeah. And so that just kind of spoke to me, and it kind of is this setup of Jesus is about to show us what love really looks like and mm-hmm. the standard of love. No, that's awesome because it it really does it. Like as I, I read that just real quick today, just kind of the setup to mm-hmm. it. Um, again, it, it really is. It's this idea of we can we can have a knowledge of God's word, but if we're not implementing it, right. then there's a problem or. You know, we're looking for that justification as to why we don't follow it exactly. Right. And so even even in that question, one thing I, I looked at was um, even when Jesus asked that question, he says, well, what does the law say? And the guy goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength and mind. And 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 like if you pull those things apart, mm-hmm. like if and you just break down those words real quick, like the heart is talks about your it's your feelings, it's your desire, it's what you want to do, it's your it's your will, it's your character yeah. that you would love God with everything, mm-hmm. that you would desire to love God, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to love the God with all your soul. That's that's all. That word soul comes from the same word that means life, mm-hmm. literally the life that br- God breathes into you. Mm-hmm. So you love God with all mm-hmm. the life that He's given you. Yeah. In other words. He's given us life. We give our life back to him. Right. I thought that was really interesting right. that that's the that's the word for that. And then with all your strength literally means all your strength, all your physical ability. <laughs> everything like, you can do. Everything you can yeah. do. You love God right. in through that. And then with all your mind is your understanding, your intellect. It's literally mm-hmm. like in, in one of the definitions I read, it was your critical thinking. Mm-hmm. It's your reasonable. It's like when you reason something out, it's like I am going to love God with mm-hmm. everything. I'm going to reason out everything that I'm doing and I'm going to love God through those actions. And and just to add to that too, you know, love is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes we have to choose with our mind and say, okay, yes, this person's hurt me. Yes, this has been done. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. But it's that choice that you make, and you really do have to work through your brain and your intellect yeah. of, like, to get through that. So I thought that was interesting to see that setup yeah. of love the Lord your God with, like, every. in everything. other words, everything you got. Right. You love God with everything you got. Yeah. And the guy knew that. Yes. And then his follow-up is wanting to justify <laughs> his actions is, yes, I know I'm supposed to love God with everything that I've got, but who do I have to love? Mm. Who do I have to show that love? It's love the Lord your God with everything you got and love your neighbor as yourself. But who's my neighbor? Who do I have to love? Who am I supposed to love? Because, again, it's that justification thing. Basically, you got to kind of read between the lines a little bit. He's saying, who do I have to love because I don't love everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like, But it's easy to say we love God. (laughs) Right. But then all of a sudden when Jesus says, hey, love your neighbor, that commandment is just as important as love the Lord your God with our, you know, because we're like, yes, yes, we know love God is the most important. But then Jesus says, no, love your neighbor is equally as important. Mm-hmm. That is found in Mark twelve twenty nine. It talks about Jesus basically says um, these two commandments are the most important. Right. Yeah. Love God, love others. <laughs> all right. So that sets everything up. And then Jesus knowing a person's heart. Mm-hmm. All right. So he, I think, and I think that's funny because the guy stood up to test Jesus Mm -hmm. and Jesus kind of knows this guy's heart. So 
oh, look, let me tell you a story where I make the hero of the story somebody that you hate. <laughs> all right. So that's kind of what makes this story so awesome. Right. All right. So uh, verse 20, 30. <laughs> that's a new number. Uh, 2030. Uh, so it says, Jesus replied with a story. The man asked, who is my neighbor? Jesus replies with a story. He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Side note here, if you read other translations, it doesn't say a Jewish man. Mm-hmm. It says a certain man. Mm-hmm. Um, now... I don't think that's a I don't think that's a leap to to change the word there mm-hmm. just because when you're telling a story um, when Jesus was telling the story likely the fact that this guy was there in the crowd the context of where he's telling the story mm-hmm. he was surrounded by Jewish people he's telling the story to Jewish people uh, this was a very very common journey that people would take to go from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho Jericho mm-hmm. to Jerusalem it was a very common road very common trip that they would all take. So when you say a certain man in the original language, a certain man, um, it was just kind of a foregone conclusion. You're going to assume that guy is you. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of that's that's kind of the context yeah. that it's written in, in the original language. So the New Living Translation, which is where we're reading, just so is Jesus says wanting him to put himself in the context of that certain man. You're the person that's been left for dead. Okay. All right. So that's that's there. And we know that the scribe was Jewish. Yes, and he was Jewish. We know that part. So he was a Jewish man. He's want, Jesus is wanting to put this guy in the story. Again, Jerusalem to Jericho was a very common road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a 17-mile journey through this winding road, lots of valleys and curves, and, and notorious. It was notorious for being dangerous and for people getting robbed and left for dead. Yeah. So this is, as much as this is a parable, this was a parable based on reality. Right. This was something that happened all the time. So everybody in the crowd would identify with this story and right. go, man, this could happen to any of us. Yeah. Which is why we just make this leap to a Jewish man was mm-hmm. walking down the road. All right. So um, he gets stripped. They strip him of his clothes, beat him up and leave him half dead beside the road. By chance, uh, a priest came along and. And when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, and he passed by on the other side. Now, again, Jewish man is laying there on the side of the road. And and I kind of want you like I I want you to get this picture, okay? Um, I always like whenever I tell this story, I kind of pick like a main thoroughfare. Uh, through so for us we're sitting at the church right now we have highway 50 right outside our windows and so I I think imagine driving down highway 50 and you see a dead body or what looks like a body on the side of the road Mm -hmm. the priest is if anybody should be expected to stop Mm -hmm. all right say I'm driving down the road I'm Mm -hmm. a pastor Mm -hmm. If you think anybody should be expected to stop, you would think a man of God is going to stop. But instead, it says that the priest, when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't didn't check to see if he was still alive. He didn't check to see who he was. Didn't check to see if he knew him. Can I add something to you? You can. So like in Old Testament, 
you know, when you when you look at, I don't know if it's Deuteronomy where it's at, but we would know too, like they, the priest would have been told, hey, you'll be unclean if you touch a dead body. Mm-hmm. So is that in his head, he has all this religious tradition in his head of mm-hmm. just, yeah. hey, I'm not going to get bothered with that because it's going to make me unclean. Right. I'm going to be unclean if I touch that. So, so I'm, I'm not going to ne- near it. easier to just ignore it. So yeah. then it says the temple assistant. Other translations say a Levite. If you say, well, why'd they make that change? Because a Levite was a temple assistant. Um, <laughs> so that would be like in today's terminology, I'm the pastor if I have an I'm assistant. I'm assistant. So this is my are. assistant pastor. So I come along, I ignore it. They're like, man, I can't believe Ben. He just ignored that person. Then Joy comes along and she's like, ah. So this is what she does. It's interesting is Joy, being a little bit more compassionate than me, she goes over and looks at the guy, sees that he's still living, and then keeps walking. Mm-hmm. And again, I want you to get this picture of your mind of just, can you imagine seeing somebody laying on the side of the road and you get close enough to them that you can still see that there is breath in their lungs. Yeah. And then you just keep walking. It's kind of worse, right? And I, I always read that and I think, I think that that's probably worse. Yeah. The fact that you can get close enough to somebody to know that there is life, to know that they are dying mm-hmm. and then still choose to ignore them. Yeah still choose to just walk away. So this is where we find it. And then the next person that comes along the road, verse 33, it says, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, this religious expert, the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus said, yes, now you go and do the same. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we just, we pulled this story apart and you see uh, you know, I've always read this story, and it's like you almost see three versions of what Christianity could yeah. be. Yeah, You have the Christians that are faced with a world that has been beaten and left for dead, mm-hmm. robbed of everything that, that God has created them to be, Yeah, all right, and then left for dead. And there's a group of Christians or a group of people who call themselves Christians and as Christians, this is what our ex- it's it's expected of the world mm-hmm. that we will show compassion to those that are hurting. Yeah. And yet there are people that call themselves Christians that just choose to ignore the hurt that is in the world. Right. That choose to ignore the pain that is in the world. And understand we're not again, it's a parable. So you have to draw conclusions to other things other than just the literal aspect of a man that was beaten and left for dead. All right. So I think because Jesus often always really spoke to the spiritual need in a situation. And so we as Christians, we look at the world and we recognize again that the devil who the Bible (laughs) says that he has come to steal, to kill and to destroy. And what do we have here? We have an enemy that has come that has stolen, that has tried to kill this person Mm -hmm. and left them laying on the side of the road. And then they're, they're, the fact is, is there's there's all kinds of people that call themselves Christians that just choose to yeah. ignore the spiritual state of the world that is around them. Mm-hmm. And if anybody should 
be expected to go. And what's interesting is who knows what he was going to do. He's he's probably going to do his duty as a priest, right? And yet to pick and choose and say, <clears throat> I'm going to go, I, you know, I don't want to make myself unclean because then I can't do this over here, what I'm supposed right. to be doing. So, you know, he's picking <coughs> and choosing, you know, meanwhile, leaving there somebody for dead. Yeah. And then you have the the Levite that comes along. And as I said, I often, I'm the same as yeah. you, like often I read the story and I think this one might be actually a little bit worse where yeah. you get close enough to somebody to recognize that there is life. Right. And I always equate this to, you know, maybe, maybe you know somebody in your life that maybe they ask you questions about church. Maybe they ask you about faith. Maybe they ask you, you know, why are you able to have hope? What do you, you know, and you mentioned Jesus and they kind of ask some follow-up questions and, and what that is, that's a sign of life. That's mm-hmm. that's the fact that they're still they're still clinging on to something. Yeah. Like they 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 want to know. They want to be made well. They yeah. they they you know they're searching. And yet you get close enough to see that there is life, mm-hmm. and then you walk away. And even you know as you're talking to him, I'm sitting here thinking like, was he going over to look at this person, checking out? You know, is this a fellow? You know, Israelite? Yeah, is, is this, this a fellow I know? Jew? Is this, is this I know? my brother in Christ? Yeah. Is this my neighbor? Or is this my, you know, <laughs> oh, 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 that's my enemy. Yeah. Okay. I'll, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm obviously just adding that. But it's the thing of he did look and see who that was. He right. did. He did get close enough to that. So, that's even that judgment call. Mm-hmm. He made a judgment call of that person is not valuable enough for me to mm-hmm. stop and help. And so I think, yeah, and I th- and so I think it's 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 this idea of who who is it in our lives that we know are hurting. Yeah, like this is just the way I see this parable is yeah. it's like who do we know in our lives that we know they're hurting, we know they're in pain, we're close enough to know that there's still hope, and yet we choose to walk away, we mm-hmm. choose to to go the other way, we choose to not get our hands dirty. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then the third person that comes along, this third group of. You could say this third group of Christians that comes <laughs> along who is the last person in the world that you think would stop. And yet it's the person who there's not even there's You don't even get the sense that there was a second thought, that there was a um, a delay of any kind. It's like yeah. he sees somebody in need and he jumps into action. Why? Yeah. Because he immediately feels compassion. Yeah. That's a good point. I've never thought about that. Is it's immediate. There's there's no delay. There's nothing. He just sees them and you get this picture of him just running over, seeing that there's seeing that there's a need, seeing that there's you know, he's bleeding, he's doing all these things. And so then you look at what begins to happen and and he begins the first thing it says is he takes care of the wounds. He pours oil and wine and these were to take care of the infections, to stop the bleeding. He wraps it wraps it all up. And it's this, again, all right, Jesus even makes the point, mm-hmm. a despised Samaritan. Mm-hmm. This is a Jewish man laying there. Um, and and so he goes over, and it would have been easy for the Samaritan to go, this guy wouldn't give me the time of day. Yeah. If yeah. the roles were reversed oh, here. Oh, man, how many times do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> if the roles were, were, were reversed, this yeah. person wouldn't give me the time of day. Yeah. And so I'm just going to keep going. But yeah. instead, he goes... And immediately he begins to stop the hurt. Yeah. He begins to treat the wounds. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought, I read that and I just thought, you know, are, are we able to see past the differences mm-hmm. in other people? People who don't look like we look. Mm-hmm. People who aren't from the same place that we're from. People who, um, who don't believe the same way that we believe. Mm-hmm. 
Are we able to see past the differences and just see the hurt? Yeah. What is causing the hurt and what can we offer to heal the hurting? Mm-hmm. Because that's what this man did. And it will probably cost us something. This Mm -hmm. is this thing where it's just, you know, I was listening to something today, and it talks about, this is another parable. I actually think I want to do this one at some point. (laughs) But it was like the idea of count the cost. You know, the builder counts the cost. And so this this idea here, he had to make a conscious decision of, I'm going to give of myself. He's giving of his pride because he's putting that pride down to say, okay, we're two different people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, enemies, whatever. But he's, he's putting down his pride. He is giving up of himself, the, the oil and the wine. And then you go and he takes him to the end. And when you look up, it says two silver coins. Mm-hmm. And it's also in, in other translations, it's called a denarii, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be like two days wage, you know. And so and that's not chump change i mean that's not a little bit of money that's that's a big deal to say i'm gonna give you two days worth of wage to take care and on top of that if you need anything else yeah you know he's gonna take care of that Mm -hmm. so it's just like the idea of it's gonna cost us something Mm -hmm. because we um we just have this kind of mentality of we want to be in control of what we want to give and where we want to give it and what it's going to cost us and it's just this thing of i think that goes back to the beginning where Jesus says, um, love the Lord with all mm-hmm. your heart and soul and mind. And yeah. It's just he wants all of us. It's everything. You yeah. love him with everything. Yeah. And part of loving God with everything is doing everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving him everything back. Is that that idea of that, that soul being the life yeah. is I give my life in return. Yes. And that's where I, I feel like the deeper this goes into this parable and what the man did to take care of this other guy what the Samaritan did to take care of this other guy I start to see these Mm -hmm. shadows of Jesus Mm -hmm. right so he comes and what the first thing he does is begin to heal the wounds you know to feel those hurts and then it says he put the man on his donkey Mm -hmm. he traded places with him Mm -hmm. you know he he traded places with him and it's kind of like you know when Jesus traded places with us right and he went to the cross in our place. He mm-hmm. traded places with us. He he walked with this man through his pain. Yeah. You know, and so he he traded places with him. He got down. He walked alongside of him while this man was laying there, while he was in pain. Jesus walked with him mm-hmm. and, 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 and continued to take care. But I also, I think you can also look at that. For us, it's like, can we get to the place, again, when we see people that are different than us come from different stories than us are we able to have empathy for them yeah and what empathy is is the idea is not just sympathy empathy is different than sympathy mm-hmm. empathy is literally where you can trade places mm-hmm. like in your mind you can trade places you you feel what they feel yeah you understand it's a it's a much deeper feeling mm-hmm. than what sympathy is right Sympathy looks at somebody and goes, I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Empathy says, I feel their pain. Mm-hmm. I feel their hurt. And so when you find somebody that's out in the world, sometimes as Christians, we can be very judgmental and we just want to wash our hands yeah. of it, ignore the problem. Well, you know, they're just yeah. 
And we justify, we justify why we don't need to do these things for mm-hmm. those types of people. But this, what we see in the story, is an empathy where this guy just understands. Again, the Samaritan's coming along. If anybody was expected to keep on going, mm-hmm. it was him. And yet there's empathy there because he's traveling this road that is notorious for robbers mm-hmm. and thieves and all these things. And he knows that could just as easily be me. Yeah laying on the side of the road. What would I want someone to do right. if it was me? Right. And I would, and so I'm gonna treat this person, love thy neighbor as yourself. Right. What would I want someone to do if I was in that place? Yeah. I would want them to help. Yeah. I would want them to rescue me, right? And so he takes him to the inn and, and he begins to care for him. And I love this, because it's just this picture of the fact that he stayed with him. Yeah. He didn't just, just dump him off, he didn't just, hand him some oil and wine and said, hey, here, buddy, take care of yourself. You know, here's a, you need some help getting that Band-Aid on, I got to go. Yeah. You know, he stayed with him. Yeah. He took care of him. He, he nursed him back to health and he hung in there. And and I, I had that picture of um, uh, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus mm-hmm. is talking on the Sermon on the Mount and he says, if somebody asks you to go with them one mile, go yeah. with them two. Yeah. And I thought this here is, is you know, sometimes, and, and there's nothing wrong with this on, on the surface, but... You know, sometimes we can see a need and we can just kind of throw money at it. Yeah. But I believe that second mile is going and getting our hands a little dirty. Mm-hmm. And 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 Jesus always pushes us further than we want to go. Yeah. Then what is convenient? Yes. As well. And you can see that. This is why again, I'm so big into Old Testament, New Testament, and, and and really putting them together. But that's why even, you know, if people think the Old Testament, like, commandments were, oh, that's rough, tough. Like, you get to Jesus, and he's just like, if you think this, and you do, if you think this in your heart, you've committed murder. Right. You know, if you've lust out of, you, with a woman or a man, you've committed adultery. Mm-hmm. So Jesus always goes a little bit further than than is comfortable for us. Yeah, yeah. And so then he, he does, he, he pays the innkeeper. So he gives that money, a couple days wages, which I read something and you never know that they have to go back and figure out inflation and all those <laughs> things. But they, they say it was like probably enough to, to pay for like a couple months worth wow. of stay there, wow. that amount of money. And so, uh, and, and again, it was this, so again, like I just, uh, Jesus is talking here. He's telling the story. You look at, okay, he gives it to the innkeeper. What was the job of the innkeeper? Mm-hmm. The innkeeper's job was to welcome people in. Yeah. You know, it was to, to a weary traveler along the road there to welcome them in, to care for their needs, to yeah. provide for their needs. And that just speaks to what did Jesus ask of us? us yeah. Jesus said, listen, I've come. I traded places with those that were hurting. I went to the cross. I died, I rose again, mm-hmm. I've taken care mm-hmm. of their wounds, mm-hmm. I've walked with them, I have felt their pain, mm-hmm. and now I gotta go. And he was despised and rejected. He was despised and rejected, and now he's like, I gotta go, I need you to take care of who's left. Yeah. There are still people that are hurting, there's still people that are wounded, there's still people that need to be nursed back to health, there's people that need to come in, they need to be healed, I'm leaving them to you. Yeah. I'm going to give you, I'm going to provide everything that you need to take care of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you that provision. And so, uh, but, and then he also says that when I come back, mm-hmm. so this is what he tells the innkeeper, is when I come back, if that wasn't enough, <laughs> I will repay you yeah. everything that it cost you. Yeah. Just like when that Jesus said, 
<laughs> just like when Jesus said, listen, I got to go. Yeah. But here's what I'm commissioning you to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then you go over, and what's the next thing he does? He provides the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Everything you need to accomplish the commission that I've put before you, I'm giving to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. Right. Give it all. Mm-hmm. You love God, then give it all. Mm-hmm. Surrender everything. Let him use you. Everything you need is going to be provided for you. And when I come back... Mm-hmm. I'm going to repay you for everything right. that you've There's given. There's a reward. There's a reward that's coming. The Bible talks about it consistently. Yeah. There's a reward waiting for us in heaven. Yeah. And so it's just this picture of not just this little story of, hey, go do nice things for people. <laughs> it's a picture of what Jesus came to do yes. and what he has commissioned us and to he, do. And he, you know, in the, in this parable, you see Jesus, you see Jesus in what, what you're just saying, in the Samaritan. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's our example. Yes. And so... It comes down to the end again. Who was that neighbor? It was the one who showed mercy. Mm-hmm. What did then? That this is us. This is who showed us mercy. This is who Jesus. we're called to be. And so this parable, as I said there a second ago, this parable I, I see has several callbacks to yeah. the Sermon on the Mount. And and again, this was the thing: is Jesus' message never changed? Yeah, uh, it was consistent throughout his entire time. And so there's just these consistent callbacks to mm-hmm. to what he has already said mm-hmm. he keeps saying them and the overarching theme in this story refers back to that sermon on the mount if you're not familiar with the sermon on the mount jesus first really big long sermon that he preaches it's in matthew 5 6 and 7 um and i put a marker in my bottle there it is all right i have several studying for several things at one time so i have a bunch of bookmarks in here Um, But this is what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Mm -hmm. In that way, you will be acting as a true... My sister's calling me. I'll, I'll call you back. Kelly, leave us alone. We got, <laughs> we're got we busy, Kelly. All right. Um, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. It doesn't matter if you're natural-born enemies. It doesn't matter if you're Jew and Samaritan. Uh, but wait, they Samaritan. hurt me really bad. They hurt Tell me. Tell her to leave us alone. <laughs> Oh, I thought you just answered it. No. Um, sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? It's just this yeah. idea of the justification. They hurt me. God, Jesus, don't you know how bad they hurt me? Right? Yeah. And so it's it's it, so he says it rain. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love, and then look at this, verse forty six. If you love only those who love you, mm-hmm. what reward is there for that? Right. Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. Right. If you are kind only to your friends. How are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Right. But if you are to be perfect, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven mm-hmm. is perfect. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a picture of Jesus because, you know, the Bible says, and uh, help me with the quoting of this verse, but it says, you know, we were enemies of Christ. Mm-hmm. While we were sinners, you know, Christ died for us. But yeah. when, when, when he died for us, we were enemies yeah. of him. And so it's just that it's again, it's this overarching theme yeah. throughout this whole thing of of love. It's loving your neighbor. This man asked at the very beginning, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Jesus, who do I have to love? I understand 
The Bible says to love the Lord your God with all, with everything in you, with everything you got, you love God. Mm-hmm. And then love your neighbor as yourself. I get that. I understand that. I just need to know who's my neighbor because I need to justify why I hate these people. <laughs> and I just need to hear it from you too, that it's okay that if I hate these people. Yeah. And then Jesus tells this story, which just goes back to his original message mm-hmm. at the Sermon on the Mount, which was, listen, you there is no justification for hating anybody. Right. I say, Love your enemies because at one time you were all enemies, but God loves all of you. And so if you're, if it's just this thing of, listen, anybody can be nice to anybody. So if we just use our own judgment Mm -hmm. and our own desires, then we're just going to love the people that are nice to us. The people that care about us, those are going to be, it's like, you take care of yours. I'll take care of mine. And it's just, that's not what we've been sent to do. Right. We've been called to love everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of what they look like, regardless of their background, mm-hmm. regardless of where they come from, regardless of our differences, mm-hmm. regardless of how they treat us. Mm-hmm. We're called to love. And, and regardless of what society tells us, because this was a cultural thing, too, of just you don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and, and it's just that. So I thought it was interesting because the guy asked the question, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And Jesus didn't really... In a way, he didn't really answer that question. He more showed what a neighbor looks like, mm-hmm. right? So the guy goes, well, who's my neighbor? Like, who, who do I have to love? And instead, Jesus just goes, who, who's the good neighbor? Well, the one that shows mercy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, he didn't so much answer who's your neighbor as much as he showed, hey, if you're going to be an, a good neighbor, this is how you do it. And I just feel like even in our relationships with, in our relationship with God, so often we want to get so close to the line. We want to get so close to just, what is my, you know, because the question was, how do I in- inherit eternal life? How do I go to heaven? Mm-hmm. That's the same question being asked today. Yeah. How do I make it to heaven? But it's this flippant question of, we don't want to really love God with everything in us. We want to do the bare minimum mm-hmm. laws and, and traditions and regulations that we think yeah. are going to get us there. And so that's that's it. You're right. And it's this idea of, uh, again, I wrote down here at the end there, love, love the, loving the people that you like or the people that are like you, that's, that's the easy job, loving yeah. your enemies. That takes everything that God has breathed into you. Yes. That takes it all. And that we can everything. do that with Jesus. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't do that on my own. No. I can't. No, it's absolutely. And I, and I get asked that all the time. It's like, well, you just don't understand what this person's done or what about this or they don't believe in God. They speak against God. Like, how are we supposed to love them or why should we love them if they've rejected God? And yet that none of that is on. That's not up for us to decide. Right. We are supposed to love God with everything that is in us. Mm-hmm. We love God. And that is why it's the, and I always say there's a reason that Jesus, when, when he was asked, what's the greatest commands? He said, love God, mm-hmm. then love others. Yeah. Because sometimes in order to love others, <laughs> we have to truly learn to love God. Sometimes. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the time. I mean, <laughs> you can't love me without Jesus. <laughs> wow. Revelation on the, on the podcast today, guys. So, um, with that, I got to wrap up now. <laughs> Shut up. No, it, it really is though. That I, I look at that and go, that's that's why those commands are in those orders. Right. I, I believe Jesus said, "What's the greatest? The greatest one: love God with everything in you. Yeah. Your desire has to be to love God. 
Your 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 mind, your thoughts have to be the level. You have to ration everything out logically and and illogically, and just go. I'm gonna love God through this, no matter what. Right. With all my ability, everything that I have is God's. With the breath that is in my lungs, mm-hmm. that God has breathed in, I'm gonna breathe it back out yeah. and give it all to God. And once I do that. Mm-hmm then I can love people. And not only are they in that order for a certain reason, because we need God's help, but it's also they're in that, you know, Jesus says, you don't say you love me and not love your brother. Right. And hate your brother. That's a verse in there somewhere too. Yeah. But it's just this thing of, if you're going to do the first one, the other one will take place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just how it works. Absolutely. Got to give it all to them, guys. Yeah. Love God, pursue God, give them everything. And I just, I just want to like yeah. say, like, let's let God challenge us to his standards, his standards. Like, I'm at a place in my life, and I've been a Christian forever, that I'm just like, Jesus, I want your standards. I don't want mine. I don't, I don't want my thinking. I don't want what I can do, how much I can forgive, or how much I can. I want your standards. And mm-hmm. it'll take you to a place that, honestly, it can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. at times yeah but it is freeing it is the best place that that he can take us because yeah. like yeah that's what it's about <laughs> yeah that's good one of my favorites joy uh-huh. it's one of my favorites it's powerful it's meaty every time i read it, i get a little something different mm-hmm. Me too. in it there i don't know that i've ever seen the tie-in to the sermon on the mount yeah. before and, and some of those things said and, there. So. And this is what's neat is when you read the Bible, we're so used to reading it and saying, oh, that's that story and it's only, we put it in this little box, but what I'm learning more and more is just, oh, how did we get to that story? Yeah. Oh, it was because of a conversation he had with a dude that yeah. was trying to justify, right. you know, so I, I don't know, I encourage you guys to to just read the Bible. Just mm-hmm. read it and flow with it. and Let it say what it's going to say. Yeah. Don't go into it with preconceived ideas yeah. or dismiss the story because you heard it in Sunday school or heard or heard me talk about it or heard somebody else. Like just every time you sit down to read the Bible, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me mm-hmm. through God's word today mm-hmm. and let it speak. Otherwise, you become like this expert in religious law that goes yeah 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 i know what it says i know what it says but do i have to do it that way Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you read the bible with predetermined ideas stop it all right love it i love her with and without jesus i love her That's nasty. Love you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Lunch with BB&J. Bye, guys.